shit and paper on his player. Haters old news, money on the other line. So I'm not. We are back in studio. Finally, we're back. No more webcam. Ain't got to deal with that. Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of football, a lot of basketball going on. So let's just get right into it, man, with my sound off, man. In the new era of quarterbacks in the National Football League, man. We just had week one of our preseason happen last week. Had a lot of good things going on. You saw the debuts of not only my quarterback, Justin, Justin Fields. Of course, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars debut Trevor Lawrence. You had the San Francisco 49ers debut Trey Lance, a.k.a. Trey Area. Zach Wilson with the New York Jets. You had Mac Jones with the Patriots, man. And really what I was seeing from this week, this past weekend, what we saw was just basically just how, how the potential of this quarterback class looked. Um, of course, you know, of course I'm going to sound biased. I think Justin Fields had the best uh, weekend out of everybody. But you got to look at guys like Trey Lance who really, really showed out. And these are guys who I really – I wasn't too high on Trey coming into this uh, draft. But if you look at these stats you've got right, of course you got Justin Fields. It's 14 to 20, 142 yards, one touchdown thrown. He had 33 yards rushing and also a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence didn't play as much as Justin Fields. Really a lot of these quarterbacks didn't play as much as Fields. Fields pretty much played all the second half in a little bit of the first half uh trevor lawrence was six of nine with 71 yards his offensive line did not do him any favors he had two sacks and uh he didn't look as as calm in the pocket obviously from the offensive line but it wasn't really like it didn't look like you know he was really like in control of what was going on like a lot of his passes were reactionary from what i saw from that uh zach wilson Zach Wilson is in a situation right now where a lot of people didn't expect him to get his drafted as high as he was. He went six of nine with 63 yards, looked a little game managery to me. Uh, and Trey Lance, Trey Lance had a big showing, was five for 14, 128 yards on the touchdown. Most of that coming off an 80 yard bomb that he had early in the game. He also had offensive line struggles as that chief defensive line was getting them. He got sacked four times. And then Mac Jones who was drafted by the New England Patriots, went 13-19, 87 yards, only got sacked one time. Now, if you look at all these, um, you know, all these performances we see, if you look down at how everybody performed, I think you'd have to – I'd have to give my preseason game balls to Justin Fields and to Trey Lance. Uh, from what we saw from Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, I, it didn't really, like, stand out, stand out. You know what I'm saying? Nothing really, like – flew off in, in the video you know a lot of it was real game manager type vibe from me from both of them none of them really looked too exciting um but what I love from Trey Lance and Justin was they were throwing great balls and there's a lot of balls they had that were dropped by a lot of uh second team third team uh wide receivers who will not be on any of these rosters in the next couple of weeks but it was just their patience and their poise in the pocket more than anything. Now, if you look at all the situations that these quarterbacks are in, obviously Trey Lance is in the best situation with what they've got over there in San Francisco, all the offensive weapons they've got, and the offensive mastermind they've got there in Kyle Shanahan. So he's in the best position there. Um, So what I just like to see is, like, you're really seeing for the first time, like, we're seeing the new guard a quarterback coming to this league. You know, of course, we've had for the last two decades, the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, the Drew Brees, the Ben Roethlisberger's, and two of those guys are retired. Peyton Manning just went to the Hall of Fame two weekends ago. Drew Brees, is this is his first season not playing football. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, I think this is going to be his last season in Pittsburgh. And, of course, we all know Tom Brady is basically cheating life right now. There's no reason he should be playing as well as he is 
at 44 years old, coming off another championship this year. And you're really just trying to see the new era. You know what I'm saying? You're seeing, of course, what Mahomes has been doing. You see what Justin Herbert did last year, setting rookie records in his first year. Now you're seeing this new crop of quarterback really getting into the game. And I really thought that was exciting to kind of see the future of the league, even though it's just preseason. You know, one thing about preseason that you can't make too much of a big deal about it, but you can't ignore what you see in preseason also. So let's get into our first official topic, man. Justin Fields, Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. Y'all, everybody who watches this show, listens to any podcast on the Barber's Chat Network, y'all know how much of a diehard Chicago Bears fan. I'm going to be 33 in two months. I have been waiting my entire life for a quarterback like this kid. Now, what I saw this past weekend was something that I have never seen. And I'm going to make a big deal of it, even though it's preseason. I don't care. I'm going to make a big deal of this shit. I've never seen a quarterback look so calm in the pocket. I've never seen the, the, the precision on the throws that we've seen. There was a lot of throws he made that receivers just couldn't catch. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, I think the best ball was actually a drop ball by Rodney Adams, one of the wide receivers on the Bears' second and third team. Probably not going to make the roster, but it was just really just exciting to see. And for the first time as a Bears fan, you really feel like we've got some hope. We've got something potentially that can be something we've been searching for really forever. If you're a Bears fan and you're under the age of 70, maybe even younger and older than that. You don't remember Sid Luckman, any of that. If you look at the all the Bears quarterbacks we've had in the history of this franchise, people talk about Jim McMahon like he was awesome. Jim McMahon was cool. He just had a, a, the greatest defense of all time and the greatest running back of all time. And even when he showed promise, he can never stay healthy. Let's not forget about what we saw in the 90s with the Eric Kramer. Eric Kramer still has the record for the most passing yards thrown by a Bears quarterback and the most touchdowns thrown by a Bears quarterback. If I'm not mistaken, the record is 29 touchdowns. I don't even think a Bears quarterback has thrown for 30 touchdowns yet. We haven't forgot about uh, the Jim Harbaugh era. You know, we think about what happened in the early 2000s, Rex Grossman leading on to Jay Cutler. And I love Jay Cutler. I do think Jay Cutler got a bad rap majority of his time here. You know, he had six offensive coordinators, didn't have the best offensive line. Actually, that's an understatement. He had a trash offensive line. I think one year he got sacked like 70 times. And they didn't even give him a wide receiver until his fourth season when Brandon Marshall came, and they let him walk. And then we're not going to talk about the era that just ended, the 10 era, who I refuse to bring up again. There's a lot of Bears fans who keep talking about him, and I refuse to. That is in the past. But what we see from Justin Fields right now is just, it's, it's just it's calming like my whole life as a Bears fan every time a quarterback throws the ball my heart stops I don't know if that ball is gonna land in the hands of the other other opposing team so for the first time I just didn't feel it I didn't feel that of course he started off a little rough there was a couple uh false starts which needs to stop because that's something that the Bears like to do a lot uh he fumbled the ball early and I just really feel like he had to get the jitters out but what I love the most was his last drive before the first half ended when it was 45 seconds on the clock, Bears had three touchdowns. They're down 13-0. And he came down there and he led the Bears to a 53-yard field goal by Carol Santos, which I'm also happy about that we actually have another kicker. Because we all know kick gate from three years ago, the whole Cody Parkey thing. I'm finally over it. I can actually laugh at that shit now. Like, to have a, a kicker to, you know, you don't even have to stop and think about can he make this is also a breath of fresh air. And what he did in the third and the fourth quarters, really the third quarter, he only played, I think, like one or two drives in the fourth quarter, was awesome. I never, I came in the last time I saw a quarterback lead three straight scoring drives. And so now the question, and not just 
NFL world, but especially in uh, Bears Twitter, is when will Justin Fields start? Now, on my on my podcast, Saving Night the Hallis, on the Barbershop Network, we've been having this debate for the last couple weeks. And first, I was on the side of he starts when he starts. Anybody who knows Andy Dalton or one or two things is going to happen when he plays. He's either going to huff it out or he's going to get hurt. It's just a matter of time before Justin plays. But I'm at the point now where it's just like rip the Band-Aid off. Like, go out there and just start him week one on primetime against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I know a lot of people's like, you don't want to put him out there too early. You don't want to kill his confidence. There's anything this kid, there's anything this kid doesn't lack its confidence. Um, this has been a guy since he was in high school has been viewed as a top two quarterback prospect. It's been him and Trevor Lawrence. It has kind of actually been the football version, in my opinion, of Magic and Bird. Just there's been so much pressure on these guys. These guys were on there was there was a TV show, and then of course QB one on Netflix. These guys have been under the spotlight forever, and let's be very very clear. The only reason that 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 Justin dropped that far in the draft. It's race. Let's just be 100% real about it. And now I'm thankful because my Bears would have never had a chance if he'd actually got drafted number two like he was supposed to be. But this guy is not a, is not afraid of pressure at all. Let's just go out there, rip the band-aid off. At this point, you're wasting time with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a over-10-year veteran. You know, he's had a great, he's had a pretty decent career. You know, compared to he has he threw for 4,000 yards one year, which is more than any Bears quarterback. Ever. He's won a couple division titles in Cincinnati. He's been to the playoffs. He's had a decent career, but this is just not his time, which is why his clip, this is comment he had today at training camp, at practice, where he said, in fact, we're going to play the clip right now of what he said. I want to break, break down this clip. I know who I am. I know who I was created to be. I know um, where my identity lies. And so, um, do I want the fans behind me and this team and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Do I want them behind Justin? Absolutely, I do. Um, but I, that's not my focus. I can't focus on all that right now. Um, like I've said before, Justin's going to have his time, and Justin's going to have a great career. But right now, it's, it's my time, and so my focus is on being the best player I can be for this team and do everything I can to help this team win. Now, that quote got Bears Twitter ablaze this morning. I personally, I love it. I love it for this simple fact right here. I love the competitive spirit by Andy Dalton. How would he look like going up there to my, yeah, I can't wait to give my job to this kid. You know, I, my time is done. It's time for him. I love the competitive spirit. Now, he now knows the inevitable is coming. That actually this is going to be Justin Fields' team. He's just going to have to go into the waist out. He, he already knows this. When he was signed, nobody knew the Bears were going to draft Justin Fields. I didn't think that a chance in hell. The Bears can sit up here and lie to you and say, oh, we, we, we were preparing for it. They didn't know. Nobody expected him to drop that high. And even from the drop 11 spots, the Bears had the 20th pick. So they had to trade up to get him. So I like what Andy Dalton is saying. I want to see that fire. Now, with that being said, there's a limit to Andy Dalton. Last year, when Dak Prescott got injured and he came in and took the reins from the Cowboys, the Cowboys have a much more talented offense than what the Chicago Bears have. You got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Amari Cooper, you got C.D. Lamb, and he had trouble moving the ball down the field. Now, if you have that situation here, now I love Allen Robinson. I think he's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the game. I love Darnell Mooney. I like the offensive pieces that we have. I don't, I'm, I don't have that much confidence with 
Andy Dalton out there. And I think it's just a matter of time. And I, I also think we need to look at this in a situation where Bears fans need to stop hanging on to every word that Matt Nagy said. Matt Nagy is a liar. We can even see what happens today. Tevin Jenkins is getting back surgery. We don't know how long he's going to be out. I'm not planning on seeing him this year, which is a huge blow to this offensive line. And he, for weeks, for weeks since training camp has started, oh, it's minor. It's not getting worse. It's getting better. It's minor. It's nothing to worry about. We expect to be back here in practice. And now you don't even know when he's coming out for the rest of the season. So I don't buy this 100% Dalton as a starter. I just don't buy it. Now, if Dalton starts week one in Inglewood against the Rams, it is what it is. I'm not going to lose my shit. I'm not going to be angry about it. This is the first season as a Bears fan where I don't have a record prediction. My goal, and should be the Bears and Bears fans' goal, is to make sure Justin plays and that Justin looks good. Whatever else comes with it is great. But you got to get to the point where it's like, who you, who you fooling? Like, at this point, it's like you're just wasting time. And so these next two preseason games, man, I think it's going to show a lot. Now, Nagy said that the starters are going to play a lot, lot, lot longer this week against the Bills. And if they go out there and they've got three or four possessions and they don't really move the ball, score any points, and then Justin comes in and does the same thing he did last week or even better, it's going to get hot in the kitchen, man. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with that. I know there's a lot of hoopla about this. Uh, preseason game because it's the Bills and quarterback number 10 who will not be mentioned will be coming back to Soldier Field. I think it's going to be a pretty mixed reaction. You've got a lot of uh, truthers who still love and support him. And you got some people who just really tired of him. We're probably going to boo him too. Now, I don't think he's going to get a worse reception than Nick Foles did last week. Bears fans booed the shit out of Nick Foles because of those comments he had last week. He's basically begging for the Colts to pick him up. But that's going to be really interesting to see, man. I just think it's a fun time for Bears fans. We just need to appreciate it, man. You know, Justin's going to be the quarterback. It's just a matter of time. But hopefully Nagy's a smart one and he decides to get that time right now. Now let's play a little game called Stardom or Sit'em. We got a lot of quarterback battles going on right here in the NFL, not only with the youngsters, but also some vets, man. So let's take a look at uh, what some of these guys are, who I think should start. Of course, I said with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton, I think Justin Fields should start. Now let's go on to San Francisco. We got Trey Lance versus Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo, my nickname for him is Bay Area Mitch. I don't think he's good. Never really thought he was good. I think they'd have won the Super Bowl two years ago if he'd have actually completed a pass that 95% of good quarterbacks can complete. Now, with that being said, I'm not a big Trey Lance guy either. I think he's a very raw talent. I think he has the arm strength. I think he has the tools to be an elite quarterback. I just don't think he can do that right now. And as big as I as, as is not as good as Jimmy G is as I think he is. I think about him. I still think you should start him. I still think you should start him. And the biggest problem for the Niners last year was health. Jimmy G was gone. A lot of offensive line was gone. Of course, uh, Bosa missed a lot of time. And they're in a real. They're probably in the best division in football. You've got Seattle. You've got Arizona. You've got the Rams. Like every team in that division has a chance to make the postseason. So you want to at least go to a vet who's at least been to playoffs, been in these battles. And, of course, even this time with New England, of course, he didn't play that much. But just being in a postseason, that experience will help a little bit more for a kid that's very, very raw. It's a different situation with Justin Fields, who was a number – or Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, who are these number one guys and led their teams to bowl games. Trey Lance, his, his college wasn't even on TV that much. So I think it's, uh, you know, don't rush him. Get Jimmy G out there. You're in the playoff hunt. See what happens. Now, if Jimmy G uh, does worse than expected, if Jimmy G gets hurt, which is a high possibility, because Jimmy G has showed us that he can't stay healthy for 16 games. Well, now it's 17 games. 
So if I were them, I would just start Jimmy G right now and just ease in, just ease in Trey a little, little, little slow because he's more of a raw talent than these other guys we see. Now with the Jets, Jets is an interesting situation because it's really not a start of a sitter here. Zach Wilson has to start. I don't even know who the hell the number two uh, quarterback is on the, on, the, uh, on the Jets depth chart. Like at this point, I don't really think there's a high expectation for the Jets. They've got a new coach, Robert Salah. He was the defense coordinator for the Niners last year. There's really and in a division where you know it's not it's not really a good division. You know, you got the Patriots, you got the uh, the Dolphins. The Bills are going to run away with that division. So you should at least just give the kid the keys right now and see what happens. I don't think he's that good. I think at the max they're going to get a game manager. There's no way hell he should have got drafted that high. So that's why things going to happen. All my Jets fans, homies, you better hope the Yankees have a good damn run in the playoffs because it's going to be another rough Jets season. And if you're a Mets fan, which y'all been doing over the last two weeks, ain't even going to be no damn playoffs. So you better hope that lasts long because I don't see much of this kid, Zach Wilson. Now we go to New England, man. We go to Foxborough, and the quarterback battle has been going on there. Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Been a lot of things going on over there. You know, Bill Belichick, hoodie to God. He's very, very quiet. Doesn't tell a lot to the media. You never know what's going on in his mind uh, as far as anything involving the Patriots. Now, Mac Jones, you know, Cam didn't look too good in this preseason debut. Mac Jones out there went like a game, game manager, but I am still a Cam Newton guy. I think Cam Newton should start. I think Mac Jones has uh, potential to at least be a decent quarterback and him being in that new England. I think he landed in the perfect situation outside of uh, Jimmy, not Trey, Jimmy G outside of Trey Lance. Matt Jones is probably in the best position out of all these quarterbacks to be coached by the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick and one of the best offensive minds in the NFL and uh, Josh McDaniels, mini hoodie as I like to call him, but he's another guy. I feel like you got to move in a little quicker. Now, We've seen with Bill Belichick, he might say fuck it and just start Matt Jones, which is fine. I'm not finna, you know, go against anything that Bill Belichick wants to go. If he decides that Matt Jones is the guy, I'm going to trust the guy who's got six championships and has been to like 10 Super Bowls. I'm going to trust him. As of right now, I'll probably roll with Cam Newton, man. Just roll with Cam, see what happens, and then bring in the kid. And then for our next one, our last one's kind of funny to me. It's kind of funny because it's Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Now, you got Urban Meyer, the new staff over there in Jacksonville. Like, oh, we're going to ease them in slow. This is another Justin Fields, Andy Dalton situation. Actually kind of even more extreme because Gardner Minshew, not even as good as Andy Dalton. What the fuck are you waiting for? Just name the kid the damn starter. I understand he looked kind of shaky in his first start. There's nothing you're going to get from Gardner Minshew. You have people out there, just get the, get the butts in the seats. Have Trevor Lawrence start start week one. And by the way, I do think he's going to start week one. I think it's another case of the naggy here where Urban Meyer is just taking the pressure off the kid so he can, quote, unquote, earn it. But I think there's no competition here. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, to me, are going to be the best quarterbacks out of this class like they've been since they've been in high school. I think there's these are only two guys I've seen out of the last couple quarterback classes where I'm like, these are no doubt. I think the last no doubter was probably that uh, quarterback who's going to be an inmate in a couple weeks who plays for Houston is the last person. Now I probably was like, oh, this guy is 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 can't miss. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I thought he had a lot of uh, potential. Obviously, nobody, I don't think anybody thought he was going to be what he is right now. But this crop right here, I think Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are going to be the best. And I think it's time to rip the Band-Aid off with both of them. Have them both start week one and see what you got. 
now let's go on to our next topic, man. Another quarterback issue in the Big D. Dallas Cowboys, man, they are probably the most popular team in football, man. If you know any Laker fans, they're probably Cowboys and Yankee fans, too. That's, that's the bandwagon big three. Now, they are this year's choice for Hard Knocks on HBO. Two episodes have been out. Very entertaining so far. I think Hard Knocks has been kind of boring the last couple of years. There's been a lot of teams I didn't care about. I didn't care about the Chargers and Rams last year, especially during the COVID season. I didn't care about the Buccaneers. Only thing interesting about that was Jameis Bama ass had a fucking outhouse in his bathroom. I mean, in, in his backyard. I was like, dude, what are we doing here? But this year, with everything going on with the Cowboys, the Cowboys are always a talking point. You got Dak Prescott coming back, finally got his big contract. Uh, Mike McCarthy year two. Jerry Jones is always entertaining. Jerry Jones finally squashing that old man beef with Jimmy Johnson. Going to be inducted Jimmy Johnson to the Cowboys Hall of Fame. The Cowboys ring of honor, which should have happened an extremely long time ago. Jimmy Johnson also got inducted into the Hall of Fame of the NFL a couple weeks ago. And the thing, the big talk coming out right now is what's going on with Dak Prescott and that shoulder injury, man. He has not practiced the last couple weeks. He did not play any of their preseason games, and they don't really know. He's not planning to play this upcoming preseason game. It's a real shoulder injury, and he's had a second MRI. And you got a lot of these people in the Cowboys organization saying, oh, it's fine. It's just precautionary. Look, I never fucked up my shoulder. One thing I do know. There's nothing precautionary about a second MRI, and especially when you're reaching out to the Yankees and to the Texas Rangers about shoulder injuries. That tells me this is much bigger than what's going on. Now, I do have on good authority. I cannot say exactly. I have not been permitted to say this, but I will say it's a lot worse than what people think it is. And there's going to be some news that's going to come out soon that's going to confirm what I was saying. I'm very, very concerned about what's going to go on with Dallas. But even as concerned as I am, you know the NFC East is a shit show. The NFC Least, as we like to call it, it's the most uh, entertaining division ever because there's no damn favorite. Like, even uh, Dak with his shoulder issues, who's the favorite in that division? Look at the Giants. Daniel Jones is trash. I know there's a lot of Giants fans out there. My boy Mariano, you know what I'm saying? I know trash quarterbacks when I see him. There's anything I tell you when a quarterback is, it's trash. Daniel Jones is not it. We don't know what the hell is going on in Philly. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I feel like they're really kind of trying to see what's going to happen with quarterback number four in Houston before they fully decide on what the future of Jalen Hurts is going to be. There's not really any favorites in there. Washington, there's nothing going on there. So I would still probably, even with the issues that Dak has, I would probably still give the Cowboys the favor, man. But that's something that we need to pay attention to. I don't really think that anything like that is something that we can just gloss over, man. And the Cowboys need to do a better job of that. Now, if we go on to hard knocks, a lot of things is kind of pointed out to me. Uh, one thing I love about hard knocks is they get you so attached to these players who are probably not going to be here at the end of camp. Like, you really all oh, these, these are good kids. They come from a good family. And then they come into that room, kind of like a room like this, when they sit down with the coach and the general manager, like, well, you know, we appreciate your time here, but we're going to have to take our keys back. You got a good future. We're going to add you to the practice squad. Hopefully find another uh, situation. Those type of situations kind of always rip your heart out to see those guys in their dreams not really come 100% to fruition. So that's one thing that kind of stands out about it. But the funniest part of these two episodes of Hard Knocks has been Jerry Jones' old ass. Jerry Jones got to be like 95. Eating a McGriddle with salt on it. Bruh, you already on the verge of death. Let's not test God here. That's probably the funniest thing I've seen out of all that, man. But the Cowboys situation, as usual, is very, very entertaining. 
very intense to see how this is going to play out. But I'm telling you right now, I, I, if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be worried about Dak, man. That's something that really, really stands out. Now switch gears, man. Let's go to the NBA. NBA had a lot of news coming up this week. Um, I just want to say, uh, AK, Mark Eversley, not guilty. I, I don't care. I don't know what type of shit Adam Silver is pulling. We're still waiting for that verdict to come down. But let's stop the bullshit. Everybody tampers. Let's see. Uh, LeBron is a tampering king. You know what I'm saying? Let's not let's not bring this down on us. So I am begging Adam Silver to stop the bullshit. But schedule came out this week. We'll get to the schedule in a minute. But something I watched this morning, which I was really, really excited to watch, something I'm glad it came out today before we uh, record the show, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, fresh off winning uh, uh, Olympic gold medal, had a little sit-down, nice little sit-down about that time in Golden State. Of course, they were teammates three seasons, won two NBA championships. And it was very, very open, very, very open. First of all, I just want to say Draymond is great. Draymond is to me has a great future media when he does decide to put up the jersey and put his jersey in the raptors he was awesome and i just really love how this interview was and it showed an open side to katie now of course katie is one of the most vocal players in all of sports you know he went from burner accounts to just basically saying fuck burner accounts and talking about whatever he wants to talk about on his own personal account and it was really good to see the in-depth talk about what happened with the situation the last year of course, the argument that happened at that Clippers game where him and Draymond got into it. He called Draymond a bitch. And a lot of people pointed at Draymond and blamed Draymond for Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors. And I really thought it was interesting to see Katie said, no, that wasn't the issue. I, the issue was Bob Myers and Steve Kerr. And basically saying how they were trying to paint Dre as the villain and saying that he should have just let us talk it out like teammates. And he brought up a situation from the last dance with uh, Scotty Pippen when Scotty Pippen quit on the Bulls. Yes, he did quit, Scotty. We have eyes. I know you try to act like that shit didn't happen. But when Scotty quit on the Bulls, you had this whole little uh, conversation in the locker room where the guys told Scotty, yo, that was bullshit. You quit on us. You quit on the team. How could you do this to us? And basically, Katie was saying they should have let just the players handle that situation. And Draymond 100% agreed. Draymond was talking about how Bob Myers and Steve Kerr basically told him that they, he needs to apologize to Katie and pretty much, you know, put it under the rug like it was just his fault. So you kind of see the inner workings and what was going on in that, in that warrior organization. And one thing that always stood out to me, not even a Draymond thing, because it kind of sounds like Bob Myers is the reason for why Katie left. It's that clip from the 2018 championship parade where they're talking about Steph's extension and they made a joke like, oh, yeah, only Steph can get what he wants. Ha, 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 ha. I know that's, you know how the jokes people say there's a little truth into it? That really kind of showed me what they felt about Kevin Durant. And from that moment, I knew he was gone. And just to see KD really touch on the relationship there and really how he never really connected with Draymond, I mean, with uh, Kerr on a, on a coach level, it just really shows that they're the ones who fucked that whole situation up. And one thing that was also interesting to me is this team knows that, you know, of course, we like to bring up injuries and, you know, you got to play the games who's ever on the court on the court. But that team knew that, that they would have repeated if uh, Kevin didn't get hurt. And I just really feel like you saw like a calmness with KD. And you really feel like he's really finally at peace. And I don't really feel like, you know, they a lot of people were talking about he's still defending himself going to the words. I didn't get that. To me, I felt like this is a guy who's finally at peace with everything he's done in his career. And he's finally at peace and he finally found a home in Brooklyn. And obviously, we saw last week he signed that four-year extension. So he's going to be there for – probably the remainder of his career, no matter how many, you know, how many years he plays. And he also talked on Kyrie and just really about how he feels that, you know, it's kind of like the opposite 
you know, kind of like the opposite of Draymond. Like people get on Draymond, but Draymond talks a lot of shit. People get on Kyrie, and Kyrie really don't hurt anybody. Like I like, you know, Kyrie what he does. I like, the, of course, it's easy to make jokes because Kyrie just like to use mad PTO. Most really like really good to see just how open Katie was. And it was also dope to see that Katie and Draymond are still very much cool with each other. And you can still see that camaraderie they had. It was really open. And I'm really interested to see how this is going to go in the future as far as Draymond's relationship with Bob Myers. Because that's to me, that was something that still really, really stood out. And I don't even know if you guys remember from an Instagram post from a couple weeks ago where <laughs> Draymond put on the Warriors Instagram. He feels like he doesn't get enough love from the Warriors social media accounts. I feel like there's something that we need to watch out in the next coming, you know, in the next year. So especially with Clay coming out, what's going to happen as far as maximizing Steph's window? Could we see Draymond get traded later on? I don't know. I feel like this is one of the dope stories to, uh, to pay attention to in this upcoming season. Now, let's go on to our next topic. The NBA announced their schedule, their opening week schedule, and their Christmas Day schedule, man. Let's go over the opening week schedule. On opening night, we got a doubleheader. The NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks will be getting their championship rings at the crib. And they'll be going up against the Brooklyn Nets, KD, Harden, and Kyrie Irving being the building. This is going to be kind of funny because we all know the little beef that Harden and, and, and Giannis got going on. I think it's going to be pretty fucking hilarious that Harden's going to be there when he gets his ring. And the second game of the night at Staples Center, man, be the first time that Staples Center will be full capacity for the Lakers in two years. They will be hosting the Splash Brothers, the reuniting of the Splash Brothers. We have not seen these guys together since the 2019 NBA Finals. It will be Warriors at Lakers for the opening night double dip. There's going to be national TV games the rest of the week on Wednesday. On the Wednesday, the lineup is Celtics will be on, on the road to play the Knicks. The Nuggets will be going on the road to play the West Conference champion, Phoenix Suns. On uh, Thursday, you're going to have the uh, the Mavs going to the Hawks. It's going to be Luka versus Trey. you got the Clippers going to Golden State. And on that last day, you've got the Nets going to Philly. And on the recap, on a nightcap, be the Suns going to the Lakers. A little rematch of the playoffs. And the Christmas Day slate, Hawks. At Knicks, you know, you've got the Knicks going to be hosting the Christmas game like they pretty much always do. you got the Hawks on that national stage now, man. you got Trey Young, who's really actually out there really, like, holding the Atlanta Hawks down. This is the first Christmas game that the Atlanta Hawks have had since 1989, which is the Dominique Wilkins days. Celtics going on the road to play the Bucks. You got the Warriors going on the road to play the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the Mavs will be the nightcap. The Mavs going against the Jazz. And, of course, the game that everybody wants to see. The game is definitely going to have my household ablaze because my cousin is a delusional diehard Laker fan. The Lakers will be hosting the Brooklyn Nets and what everybody hopes is a 2022 NBA Finals preview, which is going to be so many damn stars, if healthy, by the way. This is Christmas. We don't know who the hell is going to be healthy, but on paper it will be LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis going against Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. This will be the first time – since these guys broke up, that James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook will be all be on the floor uh, at the same time. So that's going to be rich to see. Now, there's been a lot of Bulls fans who feel like the Bulls were kind of snubbed as far as not getting any national TV games. There's a couple things I have to say about that. One, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I don't know about y'all, but I like being stress-free on Christmas. I'm mad as hell the Bears got the Thanksgiving today. I don't, I don't I don't, like to see my teams playing on holidays. I want to be able to eat and drink without being mad for three hours. And then also, you got to look at the landscape of the NBA. Yes, the, the Bulls have gotten better. 
they're back in irrelevancy. They're going to be, I think they're going to be more on national TV when the full schedule comes out. I think TNT Bulls will be back. But who are you going to, I think the only argument will be the Boston Celtics. Stop putting the Celtics on national TV. Nobody wants to see them. Now, of course, they're a legacy brand. They have the second most champions in the championships in the history of the game. That's behind the Lakers. So that's probably the reason that they're on there. But besides the Celtics, I don't see a legitimate gripe for any of these other teams. I think the Bulls will get the just due if the team continues to move forward. And I'm just really looking forward to this NBA season for the simple fact that it's also the same thing with this football season. We're going to have fans again, man. I've really missed the element of fans and that's what was lacking from the regular season. Now, when we got to the conference finals and the finals last year, of course, we were at full capacity. But that entire season, the earlier rounds of the playoffs, the all-star game didn't feel the same because it wasn't crowds. So that's going to be fun to see. I'm really excited for these matchups. And more than anything, I just hope that these players stay healthy. That is one thing we're robbed of last season. Also, so many damn injuries. I would like to see all these guys healthy and being ready to play, man. But I'm excited for that Christmas lineup. I think it's really cool that the Atlanta Hawks are finally on that major stage. And I feel like the playing field has been level a lot, a lot of time. I think for a lot of people, myself included, not going to take, take myself out of this, felt like that the Mavs got the higher end of the trade. Now, I do still think that Luka's a better player than Trey. I think Luka's the most untradeable asset in the NBA. But Trey's holding his own, man. Trey has done something that hasn't even Luka. Luka ain't even got his team out the first round yet. Trey went to the conference finals. And now I feel like all the pressure on the Hawks. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do now, now that they're big part of that big stage, man. So it's definitely going to be fun to watch these opening day lineups and the Christmas lineup, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back, man. We've got another guest today. We've got a great guest today, man. We've got the homie Al, Al Patron in the house, man. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Al underscore Patron, man. What's going on, bro? What's going on, brother? How you feeling? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. I'm glad to be uh, back in, in person doing the show. <laughs> so I'm very happy about that. Uh, but what's going on, man? You got a lot of stuff going on. Of course, you got the Learn Life pod that's been cracking off right now. Yeah, you just did your 50th episode. Um, and you got us. Uh, so tell us, like, basically, like, what what made you get into this? You know, so of course, you're, you know, you're an author. You got a lot of great books out. Um, New York Best, New York uh, Sellers Best Time. Um so tell us, like, what made you want to get into the podcast space? Because your your podcast is a little different than a lot of others. Real short, 10 to 15 minutes, and you're, like, real straight to the point. Um, I did it because I like being different on purpose, number one. Number two, um, I was tired of some of the conversations that I was hearing from other podcasts. Like, a lot of the shit that I was hearing was just lies. And I just couldn't, instead of complaining, you know, I wanted to, as they say, be the change that you want to see. So... I took it upon myself to do that. And I got pushed into doing it, to be quite honest with you. My cousin <laughs> would keep on telling me, do, 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 do it, do it, do it. So I did it. And I would do it. Like the first one I did was like for an hour. And I was just like, I just felt like I was being repetitive. And I was just like talking over myself again and again. So I was just like, all right, let me just get straight to the point. Like you said, be straightforward. Just get it out and do what a three-man team can't do in three hours. I'll just do it in 15 minutes and just give people what they want. And then leave them wanting more. Like, damn, bro, I wanted to hear you say that, like that. So it was just really that, just to be different. So uh, one thing I love about uh, your pod is, like, your tone, man. Of course, a lot of people don't know we talk all the damn time. So it's like it's no it's no different <laughs> from what we be talking about. It's just like it's just recorded uh, while, while it's going on. So um, 
tell us about like your, your recent episode, man, the 50th episode. Like, why was this one special and uh different from the other ones that you did? Uh the 50th one was different because first I took a week off, which I usually don't do. Um, and the reason I took the week off is because well, one of my friends died. Um okay. he passed away from a heart attack at 30 something. Damn and that really, thank you. And, and that really fucked with me. So it's just like I didn't I didn't want to be there. You know what I mean? So when I finally uh, got the nerve to sit up there and talk, I just thought about him and how he wanted uh, to live his life to the fullest. He wanted to always you know, do the most. So this episode for me was just me being me. I didn't want to, you know, that was my best way of honoring him was right. to just come up there and be myself to the fullest. Right. Um, I didn't want to. My whole thing is not to offend people, but not care if I do. That's my mantra. Also, (laughs) I'm not going out of my way to offend you, but if you are offended, I don't care. That's why. (laughs) That's why, like this whole canceling, this idea of canceling, like why complain about? Just say whatever you want and just get right. So, like for me, that was uh, the idea behind the 50th, and then I wanted to put out merch to match it to commemorate it, just as a way. First, it became it was like a funny thing. Like I don't wear I don't wear pink, you know. (laughs) But so we were. I was just joking around. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna put out some ridiculous colors, like yogurt, all this shit. And then my friend was like, listen, you can make some real money off of this, like really do it. And then you know the earthquake happened in Haiti on uh, Saturday morning. So and I was just like, you know what? Let me just take half of the money that I'm making off of this and actually donate it. So it went from being this fun monetizing monetization type of thing to now it's with purpose. So. That's why that episode was really special. Definitely. So, like, uh, I know you were sending me, like, some of the designs early before you put it out and stuff like that. So let them know what can they get uh, the merch so they can, you know, make sure all the, you know, get the money to you so they can get out to the people who need it out there in Haiti. Uh, this is learn.life. Okay. That's the site. This is learn.life. This is learn.life, man. Y'all check that out. Now, let's get into the sports, man. Of course, uh, we talk shit. We talk shit back and forth all the damn time about Chicago sports and New York sports. Uh, last week, our teams played. Uh, you guys got the best of us. I'm just going to put it out there before you said four times. Yes, the Yankees are one and five against the White Sox. But the good thing about that, it's not October. It's okay. not October yet. Let's pump the brakes. But um, tell what, what do you – of course, everybody knows you're a huge Knicks fan. But a lot of people don't know that you're a bigger Yankee fan. What have you thought about the Yankee season now that they're finally uh, tied for the wild card after being back so many games? And, uh, you know, what they, what exactly thought of the Field of Dreams, Yankee? We got our thoughts on that. All right. So, well, f- first, the Yankees, I always knew that we'd be in this position. Like, that's the one sports team that doesn't disappoint me. I know that we're going to be there at the end. Whether, whether or not we make it to the World Series, whether or not we win the World Series, we're going to be competitive. And... I trusted Cashman. Everybody wanting Cashman to be fired was fucking crazy, but I trusted him and I knew that he was going to do something at the deadline. I told you early, Joseph Nicholas Gallo was the guy that we needed <laughs> and we got him. And I just knew that we were going to get him. I kept on saying, that's the guy that we need. That's the guy that we need. And he was, he's been worth everything that we traded away. Um, yeah. Rizzo right he now. Like, he like an undercover cop with his, with that beard listen, off. But... He definitely, <laughs> all the Yankees look like undercover cops. But... They do. He was just he was just the turning point of the season for me. I just knew that. And then on top of it, I just knew that once we got healthy, because the Yankees, for whatever reason, we're just never fucking healthy. So once the health came into play, I just knew we would be here in this position, especially because I saw the schedule in the second half. We were going to be playing everybody that was ahead of us. 
Right. So I said, if we can at least win every series with these guys, go two, two out of three, three out of four, whatever have you, we're going to be there. And that's what we've been doing. So I couldn't be happy. And then we have more guys coming back. So, we, so who you all got? Who, who do you have coming back? Of course, you got Rizzo coming back. Rizzo, the the anti vaxxer um, yeah. Severino obviously had the setback, which isn't which isn't good at all. Yeah, um, yeah. But we have Chapman coming back. Which listen, I'm not the grid. I'm not the biggest Chapman fan because you know we. He said a miss. Oh, you're yeah. talking about off the field, right? <laughs> well, well, off the well, off the field. Yeah. For sure. And then I mean the Altuve home run, the fucking um, I, I want to say Broussard last year. For Tampa Bay, so like he he always ends up choking when we need him most. But during the regular season, he's he's lights out for the most part. So we're gonna be there in the if if not the division, we're definitely gonna be in the wild card game. And even with like the year that Chapman got the championship, Chapman and Joe Madden need to thank God for that rain delay because right. uh <laughs> Rajay Davis was sending his shit. But um, so like you brought up the division. I think you guys are five games behind Tampa right now. Right, right. And uh I, of course you guys got a couple more series coming up with them. That's gonna be uh pretty entertaining. How far do you think this thing can realistically go if you get in? Because if you if you do get in on wild card, it's gonna be a pretty tough, pretty tough. I think the AL is pretty, pretty loaded right now. Uh yeah, the AL is loaded definitely, but I I give us a chance against anybody if we pitch the way we've been pitching. Which is the biggest surprise to me because I always assumed that it was going to be the lineup that's carrying us. And right. it's been the pitching that's been carrying us, which has been a complete surprise. Fucking um, Cortez Jr., he's been wilding lately. I had I had no idea he had that in him. Tyon, I thought he was a waste. I thought that he was going to be two Tommy John surgeries. He came in this season. He did not look good in the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden, he's pitching like a bona fide number two. So... If those guys can keep pitching the way, because you know, in the in the playoffs, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Pitching in bullpen, pitching in defense and bullpen, it's all that matters in in the playoffs. And if we can get get DJ Lemayu to start playing like half the player he's been for us in the last two years, we'll see. But I mean, I I need Stanton to be more consistent. Because Stanton was an absolute animal last year in the playoffs. So if he can if he can repeat that, and we have a chance, we 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 have a chance to be in the World Series. I'll give us I, that. I think the thing about the Yankees, the, the, the pitching too, that was my one of my biggest concerns about them. And right. the starting pitch has been way better than expected. I think the, the three games we saw last week against our teams, it was, it was really the battle. Which bullpen wasn't going to blow it? Right. <laughs> you know, and that's really what, what all those games were. And let's talk about the Field of Dreams game. Because I, like I said, I had never seen a movie till last week. And it's definitely in there, my white propaganda movies, right up next to the Hoosiers, uh, with movies that shouldn't be as praised as they are. It's really just about Kevin Costner seeing seeing dead people, pretty much, and we want to make a fucking yeah. movie about it. You know, so which is even funnier because movies on the Black Sox and they want to they glorify this, but yet all the Black Sox players are still banned from baseball, which is classic MLB. But what did you think about like how the presentation was? Because at first I thought it was stupid. Then as I got into the game, I was like, yo, this is actually kind of cool a little bit. Just at least the presentation. If you take away the white propaganda away from it and the fact that the, the uniforms look a tad racist, I thought it was I don't pretty think any much black pretty players ever wore those uniforms. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And the fact that a black player walked off the game right. from an era where there were black people weren't even allowed to play baseball. What did you think about the whole inner whole little experience for that? All right. For whatever reason, I didn't see the bottom of the ninth. I, I think I fell asleep or blacked out. Um, so I didn't see how the game ended. Um, I saw Allegedly. The tally, 
I saw the top of the ninth. Um, <laughs> at, per, at, at first, just like you, I just was like, yo, this is just so weird because it was just so out of our element from not seeing fans in the outfield, from not seeing fans just period. And then the camera angles were wild to me. I was just like, what, what are we, what am I watching? <laughs> like the presentation, right. the whole thing was just weird. And then for me, I'm not a uniform snob whatsoever, but not seeing the Yankees in the Yankee uniform was just like, what am I looking at? Like what, what's happening here? Yeah. And then as the game went on, it was more about the baseball than anything. So like a good game is going to fix anything. Like we saw with the Bucks and the Suns, everybody was complaining about the matchup, but the game was really, serious. really good. Right. Yeah. So as long as, and then the game became really good and went back and forth two lineups that can fill it up as we both can we did that and so yeah. it became a really entertaining thing look at the top of the ninth we hit we were down we were the game was over for me y'all were down three with two strikeouts left and judge sent that shit to i don't even know what sound like a gun all three of them home runs sound like gunshots stanton judge anderson right <laughs> and it was fun and then again bottom of the ninth obviously i listen i like tim anderson you know that so i'll give him his props so even the way it ended, that was fun. That was like, if baseball was to ever have a, a marketing team, because you know they can't market themselves. They, they suck. can't market that, shit. Yeah. That game right there, if that game didn't make baseball fans, I don't know what else can do, honestly. Yeah, I'm honestly. definitely with you with that. I think it should be something. I seen somebody uh, bring up that it should be like a, a White Sox game. Since the movie is kind of about the White Sox. You know what I'm saying? Like you have the Lions and Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Like I don't want to see Cubs and Reds next year. Like... You got one mediocre team and one trash team. Like, let's not waste our time. <laughs> but one last topic before we get you out of here, man. Let's talk about some basketball. Of course, you are a diehard New York Knicks fan. Uh, but unlike majority of y'all fan base, you're not a delusional New York Knicks fan. So tell us how you felt about last season, you guys' additions this year. You know, you guys brought in Evan Fournier. You brought in my guy, brought back my guy D. Rose. And you also brought in the hometown kid, Kimball Walker. What do you think about the offseason? What's your expectations for the Knicks this upcoming year? All right, first for, for last year, that was a surprise. That was probably one of the most fun Knicks seasons I've ever seen because I had no expectations for them. Right. Um. So for them to exceed all expectations, and for, I had to apologize to Julius Randle last year. And then he reverted right back to who I knew <laughs> he was in the playoffs. And I think I got to stay there and say something about that too because I've never been more embarrassed to be a Knicks fan than that time when we won one game and everybody acted like we won a championship. We won one playoff. We got – we got gentlemen swept at the playoffs and everybody pretended like we just did this miraculous thing. It was, it was just as embarrassing as Linsanity was for me. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was never, a, I was never a fan of Linsanity. I never, never liked Linsanity. Everybody, because everybody was talking crazy. Oh, we have to trade mellow and let Lin Sanity. Like, no, no, please. All right. And you know, he's going to get a movie made out of him. You know, you know, that's coming. Oh, for sure. All right. Because listen, especially now with the stop Asian hate and all that stuff, they're going to give him a movie. You know, that's coming. So that's 100% coming. Right. So <laughs> he's going to get it, especially after the Shane Chi too. They're going to give him a movie. He's <laughs> he's getting a movie. But I've got my thoughts about that. I'm going to stay for summer sessions. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you can say anything about any group as long as they're not Jewish. You can say anything about any group. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm doing the, do the Drewski, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so th that was just really embarrassing to me because it's like, come on, what is that? I I'm not a one game winner and I'm celebrating that. Like, no, that was corny. And then the offseason, I really liked our offseason. Um, I understand that Kemba Walker is often hurt, but if anybody's seen Alfred Payton play basketball, this is absolutely an upgrade. Terrible. So yeah. if Kemba can give me, and I say anywhere between 12 to 15 points, 
five to six assists, that's an upgrade, especially for yeah. what we quote unquote paid for him. I hate using that term with players because we don't own them, you know. What I mean? But uh, yeah, and also it's also that's what the mark market dictates, also right, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? So so I, so I'm happy with Kemba. He's gonna be home. I also I always feel like that's gonna be like a kind of like a rejuvenating factor for him, such. Um Fournier, I like Fournier. Uh, I'm not in love with him. I, I don't think we should have paid him as much as we paid him. I don't think we should have gave him the three years plus one. Um, but then it's just like, who else are we going to get? So we need basketball players. He's he's an upgrade from what we've had. Uh, so I, I'm not mad at it. What I am concerned about, because of you told me, because of what I've seen, season two Tibbs, <laughs> I am going to be watching that. Hey, man, death taxes season two Tibbs. It's, right, it's, so, it's, so that's <laughs> something, I'm, I'm something I'm paying attention to. I want to see if we, we still respond to him the same way. Players are going to just kind of tune him up like, all right, enough. We know what, like, we can do it now. We know what we've been doing. I do like our draft picks a lot. I've been watching the Summer League. I know it's just Summer League, but I've been watching Summer League. And everybody was saying the Knicks should take Sharif Cooper's Knicks. Man, McBride ate Sharif Cooper's dinner, lunch, <laughs> breakfast. He he went – I think he must have heard the whispers, saw the tweets or whatever. He went at him and destroyed him. Um, the Grimes kid, I love him. He reminds me of a a very strong Allen, a younger Allen Houston. I'm not saying he can shoot as good as Allen Houston. Not nowhere near that. I'm not going to play myself, but he reminds me of that type of like he's that mold of a player. I don't know what he's going to turn into, but I liked what I saw. And then the Sims kid, everybody knows how much I love Mitchell Robinson. That's my adult son. Your adult son. I will. I will personally pack his bags for him because Jericho Sims, this kid, is different. <laughs> this kid is hold on him. listen he's gonna be he's gonna be the starting center of the knicks by uh the all-star break you sound you sound like me with uh patrick williams i'm a patrick williams truther i'm telling everybody this kid has got it yeah. uh i'm glad they pulled him out three summer league games like all right to show ass down we've seen enough Maybe Kawhi, man yeah yeah I, they need to stop calling him the paul though that shit is weak stop calling him that p dub project pat those are good names we paul nah but um one last thing. Give us a seed prediction for the Knicks. Y'all was fourth seed this year, right? Okay, so, yeah, we were the fourth seed okay. this year. See, here's my thing with the Knicks this year. I, I feel like the, the only thing that they can do is disappoint. You know what I mean? Because this is a good point. Because the only thing we have, now we have expectations. Because yep. last year we surprised everybody. Now everybody's going to call oh, the Knicks. So anything that we do that's less than the fourth seed is a disappointment. disappointment. And, and yeah. I just don't see us being better than the teams. Milwaukee's going to be there. You guys are going to be there. You yeah, guys are going to be. Up, you guys going to be up there. Sixers are going to still be there. Ben Simmons or not, Sixers are going to be there because Embiid's just too good. Doc, Doc Rivers is a great regular season's coach, right? So you're going to. They're going to be there. Celtics. I, I, Celtics are the team I think is going to miss. I think they're going to be in a little play in. They might go home with a play in. It, it, see, it depends. To me, it depends on uh, one thing: if Jason Tatum learns how to play defense. Right. If he starts playing defense and and plays like the dog that I know he can be. And he, he looks at Jalen Brown like, yo, this is how you this is how we're supposed to play defense? Okay, cool. And they start, they're going to be a problem. Then there's, my, like, again, Miami. There's something there about Miami. They just never go away. Yeah. No, I, I, can't, I hate their guts. So that's a like, Pete Pat Riley team over there. Indiana's going to be right there. Yeah. And, of course, you know, I, I, I mentioned them last because I hate them the most. But Brooklyn's going to be there, too. You know that. If they stay healthy. It's supposed to be a Brooklyn Lakers finals. We know that. You know what I mean? So the yeah. East is the East is gonna be a little bit tougher this year. I can see us being six seven this year. Um six seven and probably a first round exit. I'll say we'll, we'll at, at, but this time we're gonna go here, here. You ready? 
Yeah, right. We're gonna go six games this year. Oh, okay. This year. Yes, progress. So, <laughs> so imagine, imagine what the streets in New York are gonna look like. It's fucking gonna look me. like the fucking Giants one back to back. But um, thank you for joining us, bro. Let us know where they can follow you on all social media. Of course, again, where they can get your uh, your merchandise and everything. Where they can get that. at. Uh, first of all, appreciate you for having me. You know, you can no hit doubt, me up bro. whenever, always. Um, Alan.Patron on Instagram, Alan underscore Patron on Twitter. Uh, this is Learn.Life. Uh, that's for the merchandise. 50% of the proceeds, 50% of the profits are going straight to Haiti. Uh, different uh, legitimate charities, uh, different organizations. I'm buying supplies, food, uh, non-perishable food, excuse me, I should say that. Um, and I'm sending clothing down there as well. I'm going to be putting down um, barrels together to send down. I'm actually planning on going down myself. So I'm going to be actually be on the ground in Haiti, I want to say in October. So yeah, everything's going for a good cause. I wouldn't just do stuff just to do it. And even if you don't uh, spend money, if even if you just want to donate, even if you just want to share, uh, look at legitimate places. Do not at all donate to the Red Cross. Please do not do that definitely definitely tap in with him man thanks bro i appreciate you brother yes sir let's get into our goofy mock of the week man to wrap things up this week i'm going to give it to the media critics man the media critics out there of justin fields and more specifically i'm talking to the black media we pretty much know what we're gonna get from white media when it comes to black quarterbacks we know every day you know people like to say black quarterbacks they don't have the the mental capacity to run offenses a lot of them should be wide receivers and things of that nature but what i'm seeing from black media when it comes to justin fields is disgusting man with the quote that was misquoted by the way and i know it's misquoted because my brother Savvy Knight and Hallis, we were there. He asked a question to Justin about is the game speed, how was it too fast for him? And the real quote was no, because I'm practicing with one of the best defenses in the league, so that's why the game slowed down for me. When you're in practice with Khalil Mack, Rokon Smith, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, you have an edge. That's the best practice he can get when you're going against these elite defenses. So if you go out there and take this kid's word and say, oh, well, don't you worry. It's going to speed up. And just like the, the way that they're putting so much pressure on a kid and acting like they want him to fail from black media, it's something that I don't like. Guys like Booger McFarlane and Marcus Spears. I'm tired of that shit. We need to actually, if there's going to be anybody who's going to be backing up these black quarterbacks, it should be black media. And I'm going to be the catalyst here, by the way. If y'all thought I was annoying before, y'all ain't seen shit. I'm going to have the biggest cape of all time when it comes to Justin Fields. So y'all going to see me this season, man, for sure. I hope my Twitter account doesn't get blocked because I'm already fed up to hear with the shit and the games ain't even started yet. Anyway, man, that's my cookie mark of the week. Thank y'all for joining me for another edition I'm not going to hold you. Glad we back in studio, man. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the NFL season is going to be starting in a couple weeks. Um, so look out for that. Of course, you know to follow me on Twitter, at Bob Chair Scott, on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow HMB Media, HMB Media TV on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram at HMB Media. Follow my brand, the Barber's Chair Network, at Barber's Chair Net on Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe, patreon.com backslash Barber's Chair Network. $5 package, $10 package. We'll be back with summer sessions this week. We'll holler at y'all, man. I'm out.